Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at again, uh, whether you're listening by podcast or watching on the internet or uh, Vimeo, Roku, however it is. We're just grateful that you're connecting with us and watching in or listening in with us. Praise God. It's always an honor and a privilege to minister the Word of God, and it is a double honor, praise God, when you got folks out there hungry to hear it, praise God. So we're excited about that. Again, this being like our... Uh, our Sunday service, and so we're going to go back to John 10, back to John 10, and uh, the last few weeks we've been kind of, it's been kind of our key verse or the verse that we've been kind of jumping out of uh, to uh, minister what we've been, uh, what we've had on our heart to minister, and so John 10 and verse 10, and it just says this, the thief does not come except to steal to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that they may have it more abundantly, praise God. Obviously, uh, you know, talking about two different forces here, okay? You got good and evil. You got, uh, you know, you got the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. You got, uh, you know, God and the enemy here, and he's kind of giving us some understanding about both, both, uh, both sides here. And so, what we've been doing over the last few weeks is talking about knowing the difference, about understanding, uh, you know, who your God is, who your enemy is, and then in that, you know, understanding who you are in the midst of this, okay? And so we've been kind of week to week bringing things out. Uh, last week talked, you know, the difference between the blessing and the curse, kind of brought some of them things out. Uh, today, again, we're going we're gonna to talk about some more things. I'm going to talk more about light and dark, okay? Uh, and that'll make more sense to you as we uh, get into this. But uh, real quick, the New Living Translation of this verse says, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, Jesus said. Uh, the Passion Translation says, A thief has only one thing in mind, all right? And he wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow, praise God. Of course, like I said, we've been talking about knowing the difference, praise God. The Word of God says real clearly in Acts 10, uh, verse 38 says that he went about doing good, talking about Jesus. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So making it real clear, Jesus heals, the devil oppresses. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundant, praise God. Of course, the word life, is the word zoe, which means absolute life, uh, pure life. It literally means a life absent of darkness, the curse, or death, okay? So when we're talking about the zoe life of God, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the abundant life or the life of God, that's what we're talking about, praise God. Amen. The scripture also says in 1 John 3 and 8, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So we know Jesus came to eliminate the problems, okay? Not to create the problems, all right? The enemy's out there creating problems. Jesus came to eliminate problems. Now, one of the key verses we've used was out of Isaiah 5, and I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out there too, just kind of this whole thing in the beginning here, Isaiah 5 and 20. And it just says this, <clears throat> Woe to those, here we go, Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil. And that's one of the reasons we've been kind of talking about this, because in our day and age, we're seeing that. Okay, we're seeing a lot of that. 
where people are calling what's good evil and what's evil good. Okay, it's just, it's everywhere right now. And also it goes on to say, okay, uh, okay, let's read it again. Those who uh, call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, which is kind of something we're going to talk about today, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And that word really means bitterness for sweetness. So it's not necessarily talking about the difference between a, you know, a candy bar and, and something else. Okay, we're not talking about, in that sense, sweet and bitter. But we're talking about, praise God, um, you know, the area of, of a person, how they communicate, uh, how they relate. Okay, uh, so a lot of times it gets confused nowadays. What's right, what's wrong, what's good, uh, what's not, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's why we kind of dove into this. Today, we're going to go to John 8. So we'll just back up a couple chapters. We might spend a little time in John today. Uh, John 8. And I think I'm actually just going to go, let's just go to verse 1. John 8, okay, and verse 1 says, But Jesus uh, went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. So obviously there's a group of folks around here now. All right, and the scribes and the Pharisees. So we've got another group of people here. So you've got all the people sitting around. You've got Jesus, you've got all the people sitting around, and you've got the scribes and the Pharisees showing up. Okay, And they brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, uh, Teacher, this woman uh, was caught in adultery in the very act. Okay, So well, again, we've got another person in the mix here now. So you've got all the people sitting around, watch, taking all this in. You got the scribes and the Pharisees. You got Jesus, and now laying basically at his feet here is this woman that they brought to him, who was caught in adultery. Okay, and it says now Moses, verse five, in the law commanded us that 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 such should be stoned. But what do you say? Now this they said, testing him, that they might have something in which or to or of which to accuse him. Okay, so they're just trying to mess with him. Okay, they're, uh, they're just looking to somehow catch him in something here. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he didn't hear him. Okay, <clears throat> so uh, when they continued asking him, uh, you know, so they're, uh, you know, he's taking a moment. And as, as you kind of understand what, what's going on here, Jesus is just waiting to hear on the Lord, uh, you know, hear from God what he needs to do. And uh you know, they're trying to trip him up. So in other words, if you say, yeah, let's stone him, all the people around will get mad because, you know, he's going to stone somebody. Or if he says, uh, you know, we're just going to release her, uh, then they're going to be all upset because you're, not, you're going against Moses, the law of Moses, you know. And they're just trying to trip him up. And, of course, they did this multiple times to him uh, throughout the course of uh, his ministry. And it, it happened quite often. And the thing is, is Jesus just heard from heaven Got a word from God, and of course it says here then in uh, verse 7 that he raised himself up, and then he said to, said to them there, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And then again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. He just, you know, I, I guess, um, I don't know how, how else to say it other than just say, I always feel like Jesus is just one of the coolest cats that ever walked, you know, because just the way he is. Um, you know, he didn't, didn't seem to let anything shake him. And, uh, you know, he's down there doodling on the ground, doing whatever. Of course, there's a lot of ideas of what he was doing or, or writing down there, or if anything. To me, he's probably just doodling. You know, he just kind of, 
swirling in the sand there, whatever, just waiting to get a word from God, what, you know, how to address this. And of course, he gets a word, stands up, and tells him he's without sin, go ahead and cast the first stone, okay? Now, you know as well as I do, ain't none of them, you know, uh, without sin. In fact, the only one in that group of the people around, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, the woman and Jesus, the only one there that would have a right to do that would be Jesus. Okay, he's the only one in this group with, without sin. But he's addressing them. You know, he without sin, go ahead and, and take care of it. You can start, all right? And uh, to me, it's uh, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty ingenious, all right? It goes on here, it says, uh, then those who heard it, okay, obviously they, had it, they heard it here, and being convicted by their own conscience, okay? It says that then they went uh, out one by one, beginning with the oldest to the last, which kind of makes sense. You know, you got your young bucks there. They're just ready to do whatever. And uh, the older ones, more mature ones, they're thinking, all right, he's got us. So they just, they just kind of disappear. And uh, so anyway, and Jesus uh, was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Now, of course, left alone, just there's still people around. So get that because we're going to see again, he dresses the people again here in a second. Uh, but all that's left now is the woman, okay, that's in front of him, himself, and then the people that are kind of on the outskirts here, all right? So all the scribes and Pharisees have left. And uh, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And then, of course, you know, she looked around and saw it, right? And she said, no one, Lord. And then Jesus said to her, neither do I uh, condemn you. Go and sin no more. Right, uh, so in other words, he didn't condone her sin. He didn't condone what she was in trouble for. But he just said this, you know, I'm not here to condemn you, all right. But I am going to tell you, you know, go out, don't do it anymore, all right. Stop doing that kind of thing, all right. And these kind of things won't happen to you, you know. And Jesus spoke uh, to them, talking about the people around, again saying, uh, "I am the light of the world, and he who follows me." shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life, okay? And, you, you know, when you see this, and then, of course, uh, we're going to define this, it kind of starts, starts making this whole thing kind of unfold uh, uh, a little different, all right? And so let's, let's define some things. First off, the word light itself, okay, means uh, make to see or made to see, means to illum illuminate. Uh, or to enlighten, okay, here we go, but it means to make radiant energy, uh, pardon me, radiant energy making sight possible. There you go, radiant energy making sight possible, okay? So I am the light of the world, all right? So in other words, I'm, hallelujah, I'm making sight possible here, all right? I'm illuminating something, I'm bringing something to the light, enlightening, making to see, all right? Radiant energy, uh, making sight possible. So in other words, that's what he's doing. I'm here to make sight possible here, okay? I am the light of the world, and he who then follows me, this word follow means to be in the same way with or on the same road with, to accompany, literally mean, refers to as, as a disciple would, okay? So you're there to be discipled. You're following along. You're, you're taking heed to what you're hearing, and you're following it, okay? That's what it means. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. The word walk means, again, to be occupied with or to follow as a companion. He shall not walk, here we go, in darkness, which is a key word today, 
all right, which means dimness or obscurity, depravity or captivity, but it refers to things like uncertainty, vagueness, or even ignorance, okay, not knowing, being confused, not sure, not aware, uncertain, okay, this is what this word is. So he says, I'm the light of the world, I'm the one that makes light sight possible, and if you follow me, if you stay connected with me, stay on the same road with me, all right, that's what he's saying, then you're going to walk in a place, amen, hallelujah, where there's not going to be the darkness. You're not going to be unsure. Instead, then he says, you're going to have the light, that, make that same word there, the light of life, which is that word zoe, okay? So absolute life. So you're going to have then radiant energy making sight possible, the life that you're called to, because we've been touching on that over the last few weeks. Now, a lot said there, but I'm just trying to show you what's going on here. Okay, you got a group of people there. He's addressing right now the people that are all the way around him. But what we have is, you know, this whole thing came in context of what, what just happened to this woman. So he's saying, listen, if you follow me, you're not going to end up in the dark. You're not going to be unsure about stuff. All right, but if you follow me, all right, you stay on the same road with me, I'll make it so you can see things clearly. And you're going to understand the life that you're called to. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, because we've been talking about in this series on Sundays, um, about knowing the difference. Because if, if you're not aware of it, you're, you're, you're going to call what's dark light and what's light dark. All right? And the only difference, the only way that you're going to be able to determine the difference is by following Him. That's the only way. And this is what we're going to find out here today. The only way of knowing the difference is by following Him. Okay, otherwise you're going to get things confused. Now, these scribes and Pharisees showed up with a woman that was caught in adultery. Of course, we, we can go all day long and talk about, okay, where was the guy? If she was caught in the act. There should have been another individual there, right? But anyway, okay, you got all kinds of, you know, kind of, you know, warped thinking here. But, the idea is they assumed they were doing God a favor. See, they thought they were in the light. They thought that, you know, uh, you know, they were doing the right thing. And they weren't. And then Jesus makes a statement, and it makes them see something clearer. Okay? Uh, so they end up, you know, basically realizing, okay, we're not seeing things right, whatever. Now, maybe they, you know, whether they admitted that or not, but the word said they were convicted in their own conscience, okay? So obviously, they saw something. Obviously, it, it, it made them more aware of what they were doing and how they were seeing things. The point I'm trying to make is, okay, if we're not a follower of, of Jesus, and when I'm talking about follow, if we're not on the same road, if we're not spending time, in a place of intimacy and communion with Him on a day-to-day -day basis, there's a lot of things out there you're going to get confused about, and you're going to think that you're in the light when you're not in the light, okay? And so, uh, you know, they, they showed up thinking that they were in the light, and they were not in the light, all right? They go off on their own. The same thing, remember now, the woman's left there, okay? She's also in the dark, okay? For multiple reasons, okay? 
Part of it is maybe just unsure who she is, okay? She just assumes, you know, we don't know whether it was a, um, an adulterous affair in the sense of uh, somebody just looking for love in all the wrong places, or if it's somebody that's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, maybe uh, getting paid to do what she does, okay? All right, so we're just saying we, we're not totally sure, okay? But we just know that obviously it was wrong. It was a sexual sin. All right, so the lights shine on her, okay, uh, in the sense of what you're doing was wrong. So go and sin no more. So the light was shown there, all right. Now I'm just I'm just trying to show you that that the light, anytime he's present, he's the light. And if the light is present, darkness has to go. All right, and um, hallelujah. In fact, uh, I'm going to read it later, but John 12 brings out, he who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. That's what Jesus said. And you think, well, that's kind of a, that's kind of a duh statement, right? Okay, if you're in the dark, you don't know where, you know, you, you can stumble on things, trip up on things, and it's just a, well, that's, that's truth, okay? When we're talking something physical, like if we shut the lights off in this room right now, Okay, you wouldn't be able to see me. And if I left where I'm standing and went to step off this platform, there's a good chance I could stumble along the way, run into a chair, run into a post, hit the, you know, the edge of the door, trying to get out because it's dark, right? You think, well, duh, turn the lights on and you'll be able to see. Well, exactly, right? Well, it is no different when it comes time to, uh, you know, spiritual matters, or things of understanding, okay, if you don't have the lights on, okay, there's a good chance then you're going to stumble around out there, okay? In fact, uh, you may, you know, think you're in the light when you're not in the light, okay? Um, the scripture also says in Ephesians 4 that if you're, if you're in the dark, okay, that you're alienated from the life of God. It literally means to be a non-participant. This is out of Ephesians 4, and I believe it's verse 18. And it says that, you know, if your understanding is dark, in other words, you're, you're in the dark about some things, okay? Then it says that you are going to be alienated from the life of God. That doesn't mean he's holding back. It just means you're going to be a non-participant of what you're called to be a part of. All because of the fact that you're in the dark. Now you say, why are you saying all this? Well, um, the idea is get us in the light. In fact, in Acts uh, chapter 26, and I believe it's verse 18 again, uh, the word is bringing out, in fact, Paul's bringing out uh, what the Lord had told him about he, what he's instructed to do. And one of those things was that you are called to open the eyes of those out there and bring them out of the dark into the light, out of the power and the grip of the enemy into the power of God and to bring you into your forgiveness, and to bring you into your inheritance. It goes on. But the point is, he says, you're here to bring the light, turn the lights on, so to speak. Open the eyes of those you have contact with to bring them out of the dark into the light. I'm saying a lot here because that's all Jesus was doing, was bringing people into the light. The people that are around, the scribes and the Pharisees that showed up, they brought that woman who was 
was caught in, the, caught in the very act of adultery. Okay, the lights go on here, the lights go on there, the lights go on here. Amen. Years ago, I'm just kind of throwing some things at you. I hope you're okay with all this. Uh, years ago, um, when I was, I think I was in high school at the time, so we're talking a lot of years ago now, um, my sister was babysitting uh, for a family in our community. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call. And she says, Jerry, get, you got to get over here right now. And so I didn't know what was going on. I just hurried up, hopped in the car, zipped over there, uh, see what the problem was. And uh, she escorts me into the house, and the lights, for the most part, are off. And she says, uh, you just got to see this. And I said, all right. And, and she's walking me through this house, walking me through this hallway toward the kitchen. And she says, now just, just stand right there and watch. And so she clicked on the lights. And when she clicked on the lights, had 100 cockroaches go every direction. Like the floor was moving. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, uh, where I grew up, you know, other places I've been and have ministered, there's, you know, they have cockroaches everywhere. Okay. But where I grew up, you, you know, you saw them here and there, but, but not, not, not frequent, you know, but this particular house was infested with them. Now you say, well, pastor, that's kind of a gross story. Well, the idea is when the lights come on, the cockroaches run. Okay. Now the idea is get the lights on. See, a lot of times people don't, don't have the lights on. They're, they might, you know, like, like the Pharisees, for instance, they thought they were in the light. In fact, I think it's Matthew's account in Matthew 6 and 23. He says that if the light you think you have is darkness, how deep is that darkness? In other words, you think you're in the light, but you're really not in the light. Now, the reason I mention that is because the Pharisees thought they were in the light. And they weren't. Okay until the light was turned on. See, a lot of people are thinking they're in the light when they're not. You know, we got all this stuff going on right now, and the reason that we're on this whole thing is because a lot of confusion out there. And everybody thinks they're right. And you got one person saying this, another saying that, a group saying this, a group saying that, and they all think they're right. And you got, you know, one person you know, doing this because they think they're in the light and the other per- people are in the dark. And, and, and really what we got a lot of times is not a thing of, of light and dark, but it's a thing of a different shade of dark. You got a different shade of dark trying to replace another shade of dark. And I hope that makes sense. But we got a lot of that going on right now because the only way the light's ever going to be turned on, the only way anybody's going to come out of darkness into the light is if Jesus is in the mix. That's how it works. He is the light. And if you follow him, if you connect with him, get on the same road with him, come on now, you won't be walking then in the dark. Why? Because the lights are on. All right? All the bugs got to flee, right? All the cockroaches are going to run, right? All All the deception disappears. All of a sudden, now you're seeing things a little clearer. All right. And then it says you will have then the light, right? Radiant energy that makes sight possible. You will have the light of life. All of a sudden now you see, see, there's no more confusion. The darkness goes and now all of a sudden you can see what real life is all about. 
And I, I just think it's necessary to bring these things out. So with that said, we're in John. Let's go to, um, let's go to John 1. John 1, please. We'll look at a few verses here, but let's look at John 1. Hope you're hearing me today. John 1. John 1, and I'm going to go verse 4 and 5, and it says this. In him, somebody in Jesus, was life. Okay, there's that Zoe life. See, in him was life, and the life... Okay, that's in him was the light of men. So, see, he's the life, right? And his life, come on now, is our light. Okay, now listen. And the light shines, okay, in the darkness. These are all the same words we were talking about earlier. Let me give you that definition again. Darkness, dimness, obscurity, depravity, captivity. Speaks of uncertainty, vagueness, and ignorance. Okay, so in other words, all that mess disappears. Why? Because the light comes on. All right? So the light shines in the darkness, and then the darkness cannot now comprehend it, it says. And that word literally means can't overtake it or overcome it, apprehend, quench, control, seize, or possess. So what he's saying is that his life, listen, his life is our light, and when that light shines, darkness can't overcome it. So it's like I was talking about, when the lights come on, the bugs got to run. When the light comes on, darkness cannot prevail against it. Darkness cannot stop the light. But you got to be in the light. That's the key. His life is our light. Let's look at another reference. Go to John 9. John 9. In verse 5, it says this. He says, as long as I am in the world, this is Jesus again, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But what he's saying here is this. As long as you can see me, all right, as long as you can connect with me, as long as you can see me, all right, you're, you're in the light, right? He says, and I am, the, I am in the world. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. In other words, as long as I'm here, the light's on. Okay, let's look at another reference. Go to John 12. I kind of quoted part of this earlier. John 12 and verse 35 and 36. And it just says this. Jesus said to them, a little while longer, uh, the light is with you. In other, words, I'm, I'm, in other words, I'm here. Remember, if I'm here, I'm the light, right? So for a little while, I'm going to be with you yet. Here we go. Walk while you have the light. Come on now. Lest darkness overtake you. In other words, when the light's gone, here comes the dark. Now listen, he who walks in darkness does not know where he's going, as I said earlier, right? Well, that's kind of a dust statement. While you have the light, here we go, believe in the light, all right, that you may become sons of light, which is what we're called to be, all right? So with that said, all right, it says he's our life, all right? So not only uh, do you have to follow and connect, Okay, you got to believe, as it says here, you got to believe in that light. All right, now this is all key, but I'm bringing all this out just kind of slowly here. Okay, so you got to follow, but you're going to have to trust in that light. You have to trust it because everything else is going on and going nutty. 
Now, I'm talking to you. You say, well, he says there he'll be gone. Now, listen, that's why he said I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to you and connect with you that even though I'm gone, you still have help. So I'm with you then. Okay? So the point is this, that we have access to him at any time. And the more you connect with him and follow him and trust in him, the more the light shines. Amen. And then you can be, here we go, sons of light. All right? Or children of light. All right? First Thessalonians. Let's look at that. First Thessalonians. I'm kind of taking my time with this on purpose. All right? First Thessalonians, chapter 5, please. And it says, You are all sons of light. Talking to the believers now. This is, of course, a letter to the church, so that's to you and me. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. We are not of the night. So, in other words, this was talking about here, this is our true identity. But now remember, you're, this is who you are, this is who you're called to be. But if you don't follow the light, and you don't trust or believe in the light, it's kind of hard to go out there and manifest as sons of light or children of light. And this is the problem right here. This has been the problem. All right. We have got the church, you know, seeing everything going on and a lot of stuff that's upsetting. It is. Um, and a lot of squirrely stuff. All right. And you got this group over here fearful, and you got this group over here all mad and upset. And you got, uh, you know, you're hearing this and seeing that. And pretty soon, you know, we got our own uh, viewpoints and our own opinions, and we might even throw a verse or two at it. <clears throat> now, listen. But sometimes all that's going on is we're just, we're just trading one shade of dark with another shade of dark. Because nobody's taking the time to spend any time with the light. They're not spending any time with the true light. His life is our light. And that light, all right, is what, amen, runs the darkness out. And so what happens is we're running around, in a sense, you know, trying to, you know, extinguish the dark, so to speak, you know, trying to, you know, throw our opinions and our ideas and what we think about this and think about that. And we think, you know, we got to deal with this and we got to deal with that. And, we, and, and there are things to do. Don't get me wrong. You say, well, somebody has to pay a price for what they're doing there. And then, Absolutely. And you just have to understand that everybody, everybody, man, woman, boy, girl, come on, saved or unsaved. Whatever man sows, they will reap. It's a fact. It's not just some principle that goes to the church or some principle that goes to people that give, okay, because we use that a lot from the areas of giving and stuff. It goes, it's across the board. Your life is usually a reflection of what you've sown, okay? Now, I'm just throwing that out there. So 
Somebody says, well, if we don't do something about it, it'll never stop. Well, let me tell you how to do something about all of it. Get to the light. Somebody says, well, I mean, come on, pastor. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to sit around in a circle and sing kumbaya and hug one another till all the bad leaves? No, I'm telling you, if you're going to hug anybody, go hug Mr. Light. Connect with the light. I'm finding more and more the church will not spend time with Mr. Light. That's what we're called to do. We spend time with the light. Things get illuminated and things change. Now, one of the things that happened, Jesus in the story, we'll take you back to that story and use it as our example. All right. What they did was wrong. Talking about the scribes and Pharisees. What they did was wrong. Now, they thought for some reason they were right, but they weren't. What they did was wrong. Now, Jesus could have just said, you guys are all wrong. And he could have, you know, argued, you know, scripture with them. And all that would have happened was we would have had an hour or two of debate and nobody had left any different. But what he did, amen, is he got, he connected with the Father. He got the witness of the Lord of what to do, what to say. Remember, he said, I do nothing unless I, I see the Father do it. I say nothing unless I hear the Father say it. And you notice he was successful. Now you say, well, Pastor, why are you doing all this? Listen, I, I see things going on too, and I would be a liar if I told you there were times I think, man, let's just go handle this. Let's just go take care of this. In my natural, in my flesh, there are things that go on that just I, I, I cannot even remotely figure out how people can think the way they think sometimes. And you know, whether I'm right or wrong is irrelevant because it ain't gonna, that ain't going to change anybody. So I found out that I have got to spend time every day in the light, with the light. And I have found that certain things happen when I do that. Number one, it helps me with my perspective of other people. Number two, it deals with me on the inside. Now, to me, that's exactly what happened in that story. Jesus got the word of the Lord, got the word from from heaven above. He spoke that word. The lights come on. Their perspective shifted and changed. They got convicted. They left. The woman sitting there, the lights come on. She makes the adjustment on the inside. Amen. I believe with all my heart that woman probably left, probably didn't go back into that sin again. My guess is, amen, she was convicted in her heart and probably left rejoicing that she wasn't dead. Come on. The point I'm trying to make is there are, everybody's got a perspective. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody thinks they're right. And there's only one who is. And if you don't spend any time with the one who is right, 
If you don't get in the light, your perspective gets off. And I mean this, I'm talking to the church. Your perspective gets off. Pretty soon you're wanting to handle everything in the flesh or in the natural, or you know, you're trying to correct everything in your own strength or whatever it is, depending on what we're talking about. <clears throat> and then pretty soon, you know, all you're doing is, is trading one shade of darkness with another shade of darkness. And the light still didn't come on. We got to get the light on. And we are called to be the light. We're called to be the sons of light, children of light. Praise God. Let's look at a couple more verses on this. Let's go to Ephesians, back up here. And I hope you hear me today. I'm not, uh, you know, we're not down on anybody. We're, you know, if anything, I'm just sharing from my heart uh, to yours that there's so much confusion out there. And as I said earlier, you got everybody, you know, calling evil good and good evil, light dark and dark light, and what's bitterness, uh, they're calling sweetness, and what's sweetness, they're calling bitterness, and it just, it's just crazy out there. And there's only one cure for all of it. Get the light on. You got to get the light on. And you can't just go around assuming just because you're saved that you're automatically going to bring light into a situation. If you're not spending time, now listen, because this is this is the uh, this is the um, the keys, I could say maybe, to getting the light on. You have to follow him. His life is your light, and he says also you have to believe and trust in that light, because that's key too, because. There are times the Spirit of God will lead you to do something, say something, maybe not do something, or not say something. And you're going to have to trust in that. There have been through some of this stuff that's gone on. The Spirit of God you know, has led me to do this or not do this, even though everybody says, let's do this or let's not do... And, and, and the Spirit of God is, is leading me in a way where I'm feeling like that is not what I'm getting inside. And everybody around might be thinking you're, you're not hearing God when all along I'm following God. And you got to trust in that. Otherwise, you're going to give in to everything else. And then again, we're back to trading one shade of dark for another shade of dark. And I'm not calling anybody wicked or evil here or nothing like that. I'm just saying, if we're not spending time in the light, the chances of us being uncertain. What were some of those definitions again? Um, vague, ignorant, uh, obscure, dim. You know, we're just seeing in the shadows. We're not seeing things clearly. Okay. And so... Uh, uh, we're not because we're not seeing things clearly. We're moving along, saying and doing based on our own opinions, based on our own feelings, based on maybe something God talked to you about a year ago that maybe might not apply at this moment. Okay, I'm not saying what He talked to you a year ago wasn't right. I'm just saying that you can't you can't go based on something. You know, when you're dealing with something today, based on something that maybe you heard 
a year ago, okay? Um, that might have been accurate for the time and the moment, but maybe at this moment, the Spirit of God's trying to lead you in, a, in another thing or, or say something different to you or use you in a different capacity. Boy, I hope you're making, this is making sense to you. Well, let me just read Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 8. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. This is Ephesians 5, 8. You were once darkness. That's who you used to be. But now you are light in the Lord. But it says walk as children of light then. That's on you, okay? That word walk, let me give you it. It just means, again, to walk about, to live life or follow as a companion or be occupied with. So in other words, it's talking again that if you're going to walk in the light, you're going to have to connect with Mr. Light, get on the road and the path with him where his life becomes your light, and then that light, come on now, is what drives out the dark. Sometimes, you, sometimes it's just in a statement. You know, Jesus could have done, you know, we, if, 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 if we were in that scenario, where we were maybe the ones sitting in the outside watching this whole thing play out, okay? Because there was obviously a lot of people there watching it, seeing it go down. You got your scribes and Pharisees came in thinking they were doing what was right. You got the woman in her position, and you got Jesus, the one they're confronting, and you got all these people around, they're all taking all this in. Now, there might be some people in that group, okay, thinking maybe these Pharisees were right, there might be some people in that group, uh, because of maybe their own uh, condition and where they're at, they may have be just showing, you know, have nothing but compassion and mercy for that woman and be upset because those guys did that to her. Or you're all just in, in awe of what's all happening here, and all you care about is thinking about what's he going to say? What's he going to do? Now, the point is you got people on all ends of the spectrum here. And so you got Jesus in the middle of all of it. Now, what's he going to do? And no matter which direction he goes here, or at least naturally thinking, somebody's going to be glad and somebody's going to be sad. I mean, you know what I mean? Or mad, all right? And so it's just the way it is. So to me, that's why, you know, he stoops down. he's He's just taking a minute just to get a word. Amen. He's doodling on the ground. Going to get a word. All of a sudden, he got a word. He stands back up, and he just says, he without sin casts the first stone. And as I said earlier, the only one in that whole group that was in a position to be able to do that was Jesus himself. He was the only one. Now listen, he was the only one without sin in that group. Now he chose not to. And so he told the woman, okay, when they all walked off, then he says, okay, where's your accusers? Well, they've all left. He says, well, I, neither do I, come on, neither do I accuse you. But he said this, but hey, go and sin no more. In other words, I'm trying to, uh, the light's on here, okay? Now, now listen, listen, his life is our light. His life is our light. Years ago, they had that little... Uh, you know, thing, and you could buy these little bracelets or whatever, and then WWJD, you know, what would Jesus do? And, and uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. It was all great. And, um, you know, if you, 
You stop me thinking about it. That's right. If you, you, that's the key is to stop and think, what would Jesus do in this situation? Okay? Because his life becomes our life. Okay? Now, the problem with just wearing a bracelet, all that stuff, which there's nothing wrong with all that. I mean, please don't, uh, you know, think I'm being critical of that. I'm not. Um, the problem is, is that you put a bracelet on, and after about, a, about an hour or two, you forget you have a bracelet on. Okay? So, I'm just saying. Okay? So, uh, you know, the idea is, if you want to know what Jesus would do, the key is to spend time with Jesus. Okay, that's the key. And what we have is, uh, you know, uh, a problem that the majority of the church will not spend quality one-on-one time with Jesus. Okay, that's where our error is. So what happens is then we don't, his life now doesn't become our light. So we're walking about trying to be sons of light or children of light without light. I hope you're hearing this. Now, again, uh, no condemnation. It's It's just that we get out there and then we try to handle something. And it's like we're just trading one shade of dark for another shade of dark. We think somehow, well, our, our dark isn't quite as dark as their dark. Well, that's not how it's supposed to work, okay? We're supposed to just get the light on. Because if the light comes on, darkness has to flee. It has to go. So the key is to spend time. I know I'm hammering on this. But please hear it. The key is spend time with him in the light. Now, there's a lot of reasons why people won't. Well, if I do that, uh, you know, he's going to deal with me about things. He probably will. He probably will. Um, uh, there's, like I said, there's two main things that's going to happen. He's going to change your perspective about everything out around you, including people. Yeah, that's a big thing there. And the other thing is he's going he's to start changing some things on the inside. And this is what always happens when the light comes on. Because darkness has to go when the light's on. See, the bugs are going to run. And that's why sometimes people don't want the light on. We can, we can go to verses on this, okay? You know, we, they want to avoid the light because when the light comes on, they're, all of a sudden they're, you know, they're, it's exposed. Everything of, of air and darkness is exposed, okay? What's wrong and, and off gets exposed. And whether it's you're in a, scenario, a situation or whether in your own life, every day in communion with God, spending time, amen, letting His life become my light, what I find is my perspective of others changes for the better. My perspective of myself changes for the better. Um, my, um, uh, the, the little shortcomings in my own life. Okay. The light gets shown on them and, and, and where I can drive that mess out. Amen. Praise God. All of it's better. All right. So the idea is then that if I follow him and trust in that light, then literally the light of life now, in other words, I can now see the life I'm called to. 
and the life that we're all called to. Boy, I hope you're hearing this. Let's go to another reference. Matthew 5. I probably don't have time to read it all, but let's look at Matthew 5 and uh, verse, uh, I think I'm just going to read verse 16. Okay, remember he's called where the salt of the earth, the light of the world. He said this, let your light so shine before men. This is Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, so obviously it's based on actions, but your light's going to be shown or seen by others. Your life is seen by others. And the idea is to get the light on so that if the light's on, it's seen. And if you even back up a couple of verses, talking about, uh, you know, uh, it, you know, the light on the hill shines and never, so all can see. You know, the light in the room comes on, so all can see. And, and that's the idea. But if we're not spending any time, then you go up there and you're trying to get the light on. It's hard to get the light on when you're not spending time with Mr. Light. And so the key with all of this, if we're going to be effective as a church, effective as a people of God, as the children of God, amen. Now listen, that's your identity. Your identity is your, your, your sons and daughters of light, your children of light. That's your identity. All right. But if, if, if you forget where your source is, then you're going to go out there trying to be the light, and all you're doing is trading one shade of dark for another shade of dark. Because chances are, okay, we're not getting the lights on. Oh, boy. Come on now. Let's, let's go to John, 1 John. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. Maybe this will be our last text here. 1 John and uh, chapter 1. I'll read a couple things in 1 John. 1 John, verse uh, chapter 1. Yeah, we'll go to verse 5. It says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. I love this. God is light, all right? And in him is no darkness at all. That's why he's the one you got to hang with, right? Come on. If we say that we have fellowship, that literally means true fellowship or unbroken fellowship with him, and and, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. In other words, if if the darkness is around, then then we're we're not really in that, we're not in that connected fellowship thing, okay? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then it says that we have fellowship with one another, in other words, true fellowship, amen, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us all from sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a good promise, right? So in other words, if you say you have no sin, you, you're already deceived, okay? Because we all have something to work on. But at the same time, uh, when, when the light comes on and that stuff's exposed, you confess it and, and it goes, praise the Lord, right? If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. Now, a lot being said in that, but the Spirit of God kind of years ago gave me a little bit of a condensed thing about this. And he said, don't get the cart before the horse. He says, listen, if you hang out in the light, amen, everything will work right. If you hang out in the light, you'll do right. If you hang out in the light, amen, you become light. 
all right? But you're going to have to hang on the light, and that's what he's bringing out. And to say you don't need the light is a false. Or to say that you're in the light and then constantly walking in the dark, he's saying that you're probably lying because you're probably not in the light. Because in all honesty, that's what's happening to a lot of folks. Now, listen, if, if, if you come into the light and then all of a sudden you recognize, I've got to change this, adjust this, get a better attitude, change my words, change how I view this, how my perspective, whatever it is, then he's faithful and just to forgive you. God ain't condemning you. Remember, his life is your light. So what did he do? I mean, that's, that's never going to change. So he's not there condemning you, but he's saying, listen, you got to get the light on to get the junk gone. Go and sin no more. Now, if you're out there and you just keep living that way or thinking that way or talking that way or acting that way, he said there's a good chance that you're probably not, you're not connecting. You're probably not in the light. Okay, you got to get in the light. Now, he's talking to the church. He ain't talking to the world. And I'm talking to the church. I ain't talking to the world. I'm talking to the church. All right? And so to just say that because you've made Jesus Lord of your life, that automatically you're in the light, is, it may be a falsehood. Okay? You got to spend time with him on a day-to-day -day basis. Get yourself in the light so that you can walk in the light. So that you can be the light of the world. So that you can be sons and daughters of light. Be children of light. But you're going to have to get in the light. His life is your light. And once you get in that light and trust in that light, then now you have the light of life. It's illuminated. There are so many things that your perspective can change if you just got in the light. You, your attitude would change if you got in the light. How you thought about things and, and said about things would change if you got in the light. And somebody says, well, if we do that, how's all this going to change? Well, listen, okay. Scribes and Pharisees show up with an adulterous woman. And in the natural, it looked like there was no, unless you did this or did, how, how are you going to get around this? Well, one word from God changed the whole thing. So my point to you is, all this mess going on, we're not ignoring it. We're not saying, hey, just act like it ain't happening. We're not saying, don't do your part. We're not saying, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, go handle it in the flesh. We're telling you, listen, spend time with the light. Let his life be your light. And all of a sudden, you'll know what you need to do. You'll know what you need to say. You'll know your next course of action. You'll know the next step to take. And if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you'll always do right. You'll always be right. You'll always know what to say, know what to do, how to view people. Come on now. I mean, if you even get on into the next chapter, he's talking about, listen, I mean, how can you even, you know, be down on everybody and critical of everybody and think you're in the light? You're not in the light. Because that ain't how it works. Because his life is your light. And his life, he wasn't critical of everybody. And he was around some real squirrely people. And he had, he had seen you know, things that 
uh, you know, that in his time, no different than we see in our time. So if his life becomes your life, then all of a sudden you know what you need to do. And if you're in the light as he is in the light, you'll always do right. You'll always walk it right. Say it right. And if you go in there every time, so listen, if you, if you spend time with him every day, it illuminates, amen, not only changes things around you, how you see everything, but starts working on the inside, getting things right in here too. Amen. Boy, I hope you heard, heard this today. Um, maybe come out a little bit different than I originally planned, but um, I'm just hoping you had an ear to hear it. Praise God. And, uh, you know, the idea with everything that's going on is to be aware, you know, of the difference between light and dark and, uh, you know, good and evil and uh, the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. And, and that's what we're trying to do. And uh, hopefully we're, 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 we're accomplishing that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I give praise and glory once again for this word. I thank you, Lord God, for the things we're learning. Thank you even for the challenge. I mean, to just, uh, to just uh, you know, connect and stay connected uh, in, our, in a place of fellowship with you and that we can walk in that light and be in that light as you're in that light. And as we trust in that light, praise God, and continue to walk it, praise God. I thank you, Lord God, every step led every word led, every attitude, every action led, praise God, and we give praise for that. Father, forgive us for the times that maybe we, we didn't wait for that, or we didn't get the word, we didn't get that uh, leading. Uh, instead, maybe we were just trying to do things on our own strength. Forgive us for that. Uh, we know that you're faithful and just to forgive us. We receive it. We thank you for it, and our heart is to follow you, trust in you, and for that we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.